Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. We are in a, a, a series that we have called God Eras, and he has a bunch. Almost as many as Taylor Swift, but it's close. It's a close second. And now we're obviously not going to be able to cover everything God has done and all the different types of eras that God has had, but we want to look at a few different key eras in God's existence especially when it comes to his interaction with humanity, right? His interaction with us. And we started last week uh, uh, the, the series God Eras with looking at how God, what he did to become with us, right? We were a little late on the Christmas message and Jesus is born. And the, the, the verse that we looked at said that his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the importance, why it matters that God chose to be with us. God, maybe, and maybe there are other gods. I don't know every religion or every spiritual text or, or, or everything there is to know about other religions. But the Christian God, the one we read about in here, the one we sing about in here, what he did is he said, I want to be with my people. I want to be with my creation. I want to be with these people. That matters. It matters when people around us choose to be with us. So I want to dig a little bit deeper in the short time we have left. And I want to talk about how God was with us. Yes, but he took it a step further and he became God for us. Not just with us, but for us. So I started thinking about this in my life, right? Like who are the people in my life that I would say, yeah, they're kind of with me on this journey. Maybe there's more than a handful of people that I could point to and say, these people are kind of with me on this journey. But it's a smaller handful, it's a smaller group of people that I would point to that I would know beyond a shadow of a doubt, these people, they're not just with me, they are for me. They're not just here to be a shoulder to cry on. They're just not here to sit in my mess with me, but they are for me. They are actively rooting for me. Not just to be successful, not just to do what's right, but no matter what. Now, I, I know we're not all the same, and there's times where I personally am probably just in a mood that's more melancholy than yours, so hang with me here as I talk through a little bit of my, this is really just a 20-minute uh, therapy session for me every week, so I appreciate you being here. It means a lot. When it comes, when it comes to me, and, and, and again, I, we're not going to sit just right here, so see if you can connect with this a little bit. When it comes to me, there's, I, I, I think about, I, I try to make good decisions or, you know, do good things for the people around me, and sometimes, sometimes I make mistakes. Anybody ever make mistakes? Don't put your hand up. Maybe you don't. You probably don't. Probably in good, it's been a good year. No mistakes so far, am I right? Up top. <laughs> There's something about it when I make a mistake, or let's say I hurt a, a friend of mine, I hurt their feelings, or I make a decision that makes life more difficult for them, or whatever it happens to be. Or let's say, even worse, people who, 
who rely on me and trust me, I do something to break that trust. What I can do, what I have a tendency to do, and I'm not saying you do this, maybe you do, what I have a tendency to do is really beat myself up over it. I really beat myself up over it. And, and, I'll, and I'll sometimes, depending on how bad it is, how bad the transgression, how bad I think I messed up, I'll isolate myself, right? Or I won't talk to that person. Or if I do, I'm, my only thing that I can say is I'm just apologizing over and over and over, even if they've already said it's okay. And it, these, are, these are the moments in my unhealthiest, kind of how that happens with the people around me. But what I notice is there are some people around me that when a mistake is made by me, when I make a mistake, there's not just a, it's okay, don't worry about it, right? Because it's one thing when somebody does something to bother you and you say, it's okay, don't worry about it, but you don't mean it's okay, and you don't mean don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Maybe most of the time you do, maybe sometimes you do, but there's sometimes, at least for me, maybe I'll just put this on me, you're, you're off the hook on this one. There's sometimes when I say, it's okay, don't worry about it, and it's not okay, and I'm going to worry about it all week. But there's some people that, when, they, that when, when I make a mistake, there's some people in my life that they actively pursue me even after the mistake, or even better, even better. Actually, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that even better. And so that got me thinking. Because one of the ways, one of the ways, at least I personally, try to relate to God or, or understand the nature of my relationship with God, because I've never met God in person, I've never seen God, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I could probably tell you a few experience, a few experiences I've had where. My perception was that I felt the presence of God, but never with my senses, right? Never seen, heard, touched God. But what I do quite a bit is see here, and I'm with the people around me, and I can see God in them. So when I try to relate my understanding of the nature of my relationship with God, I look at the people around me. How do I connect with my, with my dad, Gene, right? Gene is his name. How do I connect with him? What are, what are the connections there between my, my dad here on earth and father in heaven, right? Or, or I'm a dad as well. So how do I interact with my son? Are there ways that I feel about my son that maybe God feels about us? Are there things that I would do? So maybe when, I'm, when I was younger and God would say something like, I'm going to send my son and I'm going to sacrifice my son for the good of many. I feel like, yeah, that, that makes sense. God's doing big things, and I'm here for it. And then I had a son. I'm like, well, I mean, that's a big ask. I got to get rid of my only son? I don't know. You guys might be in trouble. It's a big sacrifice to make. So you see what I mean? My perspective, my faith, how I approach my faith changes depending on the situation, depending on what's going on. So what I want to talk about, what I want to look at real quickly is the book of Colossians. And I want us to look at something that God did that took him from being with us, right? He sent Jesus here on earth. That's what the story goes, right? Jesus, the son of God, he is born uh, to a virgin Mary, grew up, did his thing, 
Went to JHS, Jerusalem High School, probably. Hoops, I'd imagine. Then he started his ministry, started doing his thing. Now watch what happens. Because when Jesus came, he became God with us, right? He experienced humanity. He experienced friendships. Being a son, being a friend, being a part of the community, being a leader, being an influence. He experienced these things that you and I get to experience in our life. He was truly with us, but he took it a step further. God said, we're not quite done with this work. We're not quite done with what I'm trying to do with these people down here. I want to show them that I'm with them, yes, but I need them to know, I need them to know that I am for them. So watch this. We're going to look at the book of Colossians, which is actually a letter written by a man named Paul. He wrote it from prison. So it's not so bad. If you get locked up, write a letter, you're good to go, okay? I don't know what you're into. I want to look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. Watch this. Here we go. 14. All right, here we go. This is, okay, so this is Paul. Sorry, let me give you some context. Uh, we're picking up here in 14. This is Paul talking about what happened when Jesus went to the cross. So last week, we said God with us. That was when Jesus was born, right? We celebrate that around Christmas. That's what we kind of talk around on Christmas. Today, today, we're talking about when Jesus died. And what that means and how that became God for us. So this is, this is Paul in this letter, Paul in, the, in, in, in Colossians here, talking about the impact of what Jesus did. This is the story he's telling us of what Jesus on the cross meant. I, I want to say real quick, there's sometimes this thing in churches, at least the churches that I've been to and experienced, where there's, there's this assumption that you believe everything that's on the screen, right? There's an assumption that you believe everything that I believe. So just for a few moments, I want to remind you, maybe give you permission or give myself permission to, you don't have to believe every single word of what I'm about to say to understand the story that's trying to be told, okay? So just for a moment, I just want just to put that out there for a moment. Okay, let's read it, finally. He, as in Jesus, canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed on his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Canceled. Hashtag canceled. Now, there's a lot to unpack there. Can you ha and uh, again, going back to assumptions, there's a lot you need to know about the Jewish faith turned into the Christian faith to understand what Paul's even talking about here. So the short, this is the shortest, most crude version that I could give you, just really kind of jagged edges. As God created us, this is the story, okay? Follow me with the story. God created us in a perfect environment. And we messed it up. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> According to the story, we messed it up, and we created a separation between us and God. Because when God first created humans, Adam and Eve, the story, 
there was perfect connection, perfect community. And then we messed up and there became a distance. And what is truly unique about God, about the Christian God, our God, what is truly unique is that God, there is a distance, there's a dissonance between us, but God chooses to bridge the distance. That is not normal for God's. The normal thing for God's is to be up here on high on their throne waiting for you to grovel, for you to beg, for you to work for what you get. But God here, this God says, I see you down there. Here I come. I see that you need me. I'm on my way. And then Jesus is born and then God is with us. And God said, hold on, it's not done because there was a distance that was created through what Adam and Eve did. And and, and here's what I mean by you don't have to believe everything. Because if you don't believe Adam and Eve were ever really a person and it was just a story, that's fine. Still come along with me here. And if you do believe that they were real, that's also fine. Still come along this journey with me. Because here's what happens. Here's why it matters that God became for us. Because the story that we're told is that there is a gap, but don't worry about the gap anymore. Anybody ever been to Europe? Mind the gap? Now you don't have to mind the gap anymore because God has bridged the gap. The gap that was between us and God, God says, we're going to bridge that connection from now until forever. Not temporarily, not until you mind your P's and Q's, not until you stop cussing or stop drinking or whatever you think you need to stop doing for God to notice you and love you and find you worthy. No, none of that. God says, we're bridging the gap. It's done. It's finished. And that's when Jesus died on the cross. Whatever gap was there, whatever payment was needed, whatever sin was there, whatever transgression, whatever mistake that you made or have made or will make is already taken care of. And even, even if, even if, because I've met people before and I, I used to think this too. I met people before where, you know, we were talking about, you know, religion, and they're like, well, you know, some people tell me that Jesus died for me, and they'll say, well, I didn't ask him to. I didn't want that. Why am I responsible for that? And I, and, and I, li- I love having these conversations because I like to turn it back around and say, it's not about how much you've messed up. It's about a God who chooses to be there for you no matter what. It's not about making sure you remember every mistake so you can apologize for it later because according to this, it's already forgotten. It's already wiped away. It's almost like, and this is maybe a little bit playful, you go up, I would go up to God and say, God, I'm so sorry for this thing. And maybe, maybe it's not as silly as he wouldn't remember it, but don't worry about it. I knew it. I knew it was coming. I'm here for you. Not only am I with you, I'm for you. I know I haven't got to any of these, but I want to share these with you. I wrote this down. God changed how humans interact with him. When Jesus went to the cross, 
and created. That's what happened there. A connection was created between us and God. And it was all, it's all for us. Do you see this? Because God never, uh, well, I guess I can't speak for God. I'm about to, though, so get ready. <laughs> God never, in my opinion, humbly, God never felt disconnected from us. How could he? We're his creation. God never felt disconnected from us. He, th- these actions were done for us so that we could get out of our own way and see the connection was there. Do you see what I'm saying? And and if I go back to the people in my life, the people in my life that are really there for me won't ignore my mistakes, won't ignore the things I've said that are hurtful. No, the people that are there for me will say, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I know you made that mistake. But those things don't keep me from loving you. Those things don't keep me from seeing you. Those things don't keep me from knowing who you are and your heart. And that is what God is trying to show us through this connection. That is what God is trying to show us through the actions of what he's done. And that's how you know that God is for you. It matters that God is with us, and it matters even more that he is for us. Here's why that matters in your daily life, okay? It's one thing to kind of sit back and think, okay, yeah, God is for me. Very cool. Exciting. Looking forward to it. But what does that mean? How does that help you with your mortgage, right? How does that help you with your bills, with your friendship, with your, with your marriage, with your parenting? How does that help you? I'm going to tell you. Because if you can let yourself believe not just at church on Sundays, not just when you're feeling super spiritual or, or, or riding a high during the week because something good happened. No, no, no. If you can let yourself believe in the difficult times, in the dark times, when you, make, when you make mistakes, when someone lets you down, if you can let yourself believe that God is for you, it will change the way that you perceive your faith. Because when I have people around me that are for me, it makes me bolder in my conversations. Do you see what I'm saying? When I have people around me that are for me, there is a trust. I trust them. They trust me. And I am more open. I am more vulnerable. I am bolder. I'll ask for deeper things of that relationship. So what if we took that same thing and said, okay, if God is for us, he's not just with us. He doesn't just get us. He gets us and is for us. So if he is for us then what can I be bolder about in my faith? If God is for us, then what what more could I believe for? Could I believe that God could heal me? Could, Could I believe that God could heal my family around me? Could I believe that God could heal my community? Could I believe that God would show up in this city? You see how your faith starts to stretch a little bit? You know, it's one thing to pray for, uh, you to, for your allergies to go away for the day, right? Maybe that's a small amount of faith. But would you say it would take more faith to ask for healing of a, a bigger sickness, right? What if we let our perspective on faith, our perspective on what we expect God to do, in a spirit of expectation, not because he owes us, but in a spirit of expectation. Because as we're looking at God in the different eras, he's just showing us over and over and over again 
how much he wants to be in our life, a part of our life, in it with us, there for us. We have a phrase uh, here at the heart that we like to say a lot. We like to say, here for it. And we say that to people when they're having an issue or things are great or they tell us something that's going on in their life, we like to say, we're here for it. Whatever it is, we're here for it. So maybe we can let ourselves hear God saying, I am here for it. I am here for you. I'm not just with you. I'm not just you hearing your prayers, writing them down. I'll let you know if I get to them. God is there for us. And I think, I think if we let it, it can really transform our faith. If you could close your eyes for a moment and bow your heads, I want to pray with you this morning. God, we're grateful for what you have done through Jesus. That because of what Jesus chose to do, not obligated, not forced to, because of what Jesus chose to do, it showed a sacrifice, it showed love, and it showed that not only were you with us, not only do you get us, but you are for us. God, and I pray that we would be bold enough this week and next week and this year, and maybe for the rest of our lives, we would be bold enough to believe that you are there for us. And God, I pray that that would change and transform the way that we approach our faith. So we love you, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.